The free agent market is about as cold as it is right now in the Deep South. Could the Atlanta Braves take advantage? Maybe sign somebody to a hefty one-year deal? We'll discuss that. I'll answer those questions, that question and many more on today's mailbag episode of Locked On Braves. So let's get into it. You are Locked On Braves, your daily Atlanta Braves podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, and welcome back to Lockdown Braves, part of Lockdown Sports Atlanta, where we cover your favorite Atlanta sports teams each and every day. I am your host, Jake Mastriani. You can follow me on social media at shortstopball. Make sure you check out my written work over at bravestoday.com. Make sure you follow the podcast on social media at Lockdown underscore Braves, where you will see my tweet asking for questions to our Friday Mailbag podcast. You submit those questions there, and I'm going to answer them, which is what I'm going to do today on this episode. If you're new on YouTube, make sure you hit that subscribe button of over 8,700 subscribers now, getting closer to 9K, hopefully 10K by opening day. We're going to try to make that push. If you're there and already subscribed, you can hit that thumbs up button so that others can see it and we can hopefully get to 10K by opening day. Would certainly love to do that. You're listening on the audio version. Thank you so much as well for your support. All my everydayers out there, thank you so much to you as well. We got Anthony, Julie, Barracuda, Chris Hester, Austin, Chandler, Pat Stockton, Chris Fields, Leland, and Jeffrey already in here with me live. Do a lot of these episodes live during the offseason. If you want to join me, usually start around 9 Central, 10 Eastern. Thanks so much for all those joining live with me tonight. All right, let's get into today's mailbag episode. Really excited about this one. Got some great questions to discuss. Talking about the free Asian market. Should the Braves put Hurston Waldrop on the roster to begin the year to try to go over that draft pick. So many good questions. I love a good Friday episode. I think that's why we got so many people jumping in here still. Jessica, love above all. Tom uh, in here, Doc's Cards, uh, saying what's up to Braves country. Thank you so much for joining me. Also want to remind you, today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On for $20 off your purchase. Let's jump into our questions here. Got several from Cavs Buckeyes. First one, though, is how would Snell's market need to get for you to consider him? I'm going to ask that question. I'm also going to ask one or read one from John who says, if Max Freed is going to be gone at the end of the year and everything seems that way, there aren't any ace-level left-handed pitching options coming on the market anytime soon. If Snell becomes available to the Braves, does that make the most sense? So this kind of goes with our headline of the question, you know, should the can the Braves take advantage of this market? I think no matter how bad Blake Snell's market may get, and you know, there's really no indication that it's it's gotten bad. I still don't think he's gonna take a one-year deal. And I still don't think he's gonna take less than 22 million a year. And you ask me, or, or Cass Buckeyes asked, what would Snell's market need to get to for me to consider him? probably four years, 22 million, something in that range. And I still think he's going to get way, way more than that. We're talking about a two-time Cy Young winner. I, I don't, to John's question, I don't think the handedness matters so much. You know, losing a, a big lefty in Max Freed, I don't think that matters quite as much trying to replace that as it is just trying to replace some level of production at the top of the rotation. Look, you don't get Max Freed back you're probably not going to replace that production. You're talking about a guy who's finished top 
five in the Cy Young voting two of the last four years, you're you're just not going to replace Max Fried. And again, I certainly don't think the handedness matters at all. But I do think four years, twenty-two million. That's you know, I think that would be a comfortable range. We know AA doesn't like to go over that twenty-two million dollar mark, but I still think he's going to get much more than that. And I think a lot of teams probably are scared off a little bit by the you know the high whip. It's a really big walk rate for Blake Snell. And one reason I don't think Alex Anthopoulos does it is just because of the durability issues. He, he's been durable two times in his career. Both times he won the Cy Young. So when he's healthy and he's out there, he's really, really good. Although there are some things in that profile that scare, scare you a little bit. But I just don't think with the durability concerns, I cannot imagine Alex Anthopoulos giving him more than a four four year deal. It's just hard for me to imagine. So again, I don't know how dead that market is. I don't know how much it would have to come down for AA to get involved, but I don't see it coming to a point where it's going to be a one-year type deal. Bellfire says, what would your batting order be? Do you keep MH2 in the nine hole since he seems to flourish there? Do you have it different for right-handed pitchers versus left-handed pitchers? So I said coming into last year, I said just leave Michael Harris down at the bottom of the order. Let's give him another year, kind of see if the bat is legit. Well. The bat is legit, so I think it's time to put him in the two-hole. I think he is the best-suited batter that the Braves have for that two-hole in the lineup. So I would go Ronald, Michael, Riley, Olsen, Ozzy. I love putting Ozzy behind a lefty, and I love putting Ozzy in the middle of the order where he can drive in runs. Sean Murphy, I think Murphy's going to bounce back and have a big year. Ozuna, put Kelnick at eighth just to kind of break up the lefties. I really don't want to have Murphy, Ozuna, Arcia three in a row there at the bottom, break up the righties rather, with a lefty. So I'd go Murphy, Ozuna, Kelnick, Arcia to switch it up. And I would honestly love to put Kelnick at the bottom of that order. Just put him in front of Acuna, see if you can get him going. It's helped other hitters in the Braves lineup for certain. But uh, the only thing I would maybe swap if you're facing a left-handed pitcher is I'd maybe swap Michael and Ozzy put Ozzy in the two spot, put um, Harris down there in the you know fifth, sixth spot in the lineup. That might be the only thing that I switch up. Cass Buckeyes says, despite his debut and how much we talked about him, I feel like I don't have a great understanding of AJ Smith Shaver's stuff in Arsenal. Could you break it down? I'll break it down a little bit more thoroughly. So, um, next week, I'm going to give my six through 10 rankings. Uh, of my top 10 prospects in the Braves system. And then the week after that, I'll do my top five, which is where A.J. Smith-Shaver will be. And I'll do a deeper breakdown then. But just high level, 95, mid-90s fastball. You know, can get up 97, 98, 18 inches of induced vertical break, which is really good. A wipeout slider in the upper 80s, a curveball in the upper 70s, and a changeup as well. I love that he has, you know, three different pitches and three different velocity ranges. I think that curveball is a pitch that, Certainly one that he's working on, and if he gets that going, I think it can make him you know even more dangerous. But certainly, you know, mainly that fastball slider combination is what he gets. Um, you know, what gets he gets the most out of. Cass Buckeyes also says Jared Kelnick over or under one fifteen WRC plus. I'm gonna go under. I'm gonna say one ten. He had a one oh eight WRC plus last year, so. Again, even if he just gives me last year's production, it's fine in this lineup. But I'm going to say 110. I'm going to go under. I mean, you look at guys who had a 115 WRC plus last year. Michael Harris had a 115 WRC plus. Bobby Witt Jr. had a 115 WRC plus. 
Fernando Fernando Tatis Jr. was even less than that. So I think 110 would be very solid. You know, give me a two to three win player out of Jared Kelnick in this first year. I'm sure he's going to have to try to make some changes. Braves are going to work with him on that. So I'm not putting too much pressure on him, but I, you know, I would like to see some improvements and a path to him becoming that type of hitter we thought he could be. So I'm going to say under, but not much under. I think it, again, could be in line with what we saw last year, maybe a 110 WRC plus, two to three win player. E. Peterson says, with Iglesias going into the final year of his contract, he's not. He has two more years left at, at $16 million. Uh, What do you think about Ian Anderson, Daisville Hernandez, or someone else being groomed into the next closer role for the next decade? Ian doesn't have that type of stuff. If there's somebody on this roster that I look at once Iggy is gone after 2025, Ronaldo Lopez is somebody that kind of sticks out to me that could jump into that closer role, assuming he doesn't become a starter. Uh, but they do have another year of control over Iglesias. Raj Mahal, 88, says uh, two questions. Jake, one, if you are the manager for 2024, what's your motivation speech at the start of the season to set the new tone? No manager's ever going to say this, and I probably really wouldn't say it if I were the manager either, but I'd say keep your eyes on the postseason. Everything goes towards the postseason. I, I don't want to put put the cart before the horse. If this team doesn't make the postseason, many things have gone very, very wrong. I, I want this team this year to put a focus on the postseason. I don't know how they do that because this team is just so day-to-day. Every day go out there. It's about to grind every day. But I would almost want to tell them, focus your eyes on the postseason. Make sure you're healthy, your body's ready to go for the postseason. If that means Matt Olson, Austin Riley, Ronald Cunha Jr. had to take some days off, whatever it may be, keep your focus on the postseason and getting that ultimate prize and let that be your hunger, what drives you. And I'm sure it does. But again, no coach is ever going to say that. But just me, I'd be like, let's focus on the postseason. And then two, will the Braves be a more mentally mature club this season? Why or why not? I don't think they haven't been a mentally mature club. I think they're a very mentally mature club outside of, you know, what happened with RC in last year's postseason. This team's been very mentally mature. I think so. So I don't, I don't see much changing there. I don't think there's much need for change there. All right. A lot more questions to get here, get to here on today's podcast. Really excited to answer some more of those and I'll get to them here next. Shouldn't have to worry when you buy tickets to your next big event, and you don't when you use Game Time. A lot of you have asked me in the past, what's that sponsor on your show where you can buy tickets from, and what's that promo code? Well, it's Game Time, and you can use our promo code at Locked On for $20 off your first purchase. Game Time has last-minute deals, all-in prices, a view from your seat. Never buy a ticket to a game, especially a baseball game, unless you check out the view from your seat, and they have that right there in the app. They also have their best Price guarantee. Game time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. Find exclusive flash deals and sponsor deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. And the game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. I've used game time myself a couple of times to go to Braves game. Very easy process. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with game time. Download the game time app, create an account, use code locked on. For $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply again. Create an account, redeem code L O C K E D O N for $20 off 
Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Want to remind you that Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24 7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24 7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24 7 streaming channel. All right, jumping back into the questions here. Uh, next one from Real Agon Seven. Will the Braves take advantage of the amount of free agents remaining, even if it causes them to eclipse the third tier of the CBT? Alex loves one-year deals, especially for pitchers. So this is kind of the question that led to the title, along with the questions about Blake Snell. I already answered. I could see it. I could certainly see it happening if just there's you know a player's market doesn't open up this year for whatever reason. And I know some teams have talked about the fact that. You know, the uncertainty of the TV contracts are keeping them from spending money. Whatever it may be, if there's a player out there that just doesn't love their market right now, they want to take a high AAV one-year deal and then try it out again next year or maybe there's more more certainty regarding TV contracts. Could the Braves take advantage of that? Sure. But who is worth that value that they need right now? Again, I already talked about Snell. It's really hard to imagine his market getting to a point where he says, I, I have to take a one-year deal to reset my market. I just I can't see that happening. You know, at the very least, he gets a four, five-year deal. I, I can't see that happening with Jordan Montgomery either. So I don't, and the Braves don't need a bat like Matt Chapman or Cody Bellinger or Reese Hoskins. I mean, those bats would be great. Where do you put them? So I just don't think there's a, I, I don't think there's a a player out there right now that would be worth taking a high AAV one year deal like they've done with a Josh Donaldson or a Marcelo Zuna or like they've done with pitchers in the past like Keuchel and Hamels and Morton. I just don't see a guy out there like that right now. Maybe a Clayton Kershaw if he wanted to come pitch in Atlanta and he wanted to give it another go but he's likely going to get a one-year deal anyway. It wouldn't be because of the market that really forced him to take a one-year deal. So I just don't see anybody out there that the Braves desperately need that's worth them going into the tax for. Look, if Montgomery wanted to say, hey, give me a one-year you know, $30 million deal, yeah, I would love to have Jordan Montgomery for one year or Blake Snell, certainly. I just I can't see those their markets getting to that point. And as far as the hitters go, you know, Matt Chapman, Cody Bellinger, Reese Hoskins, they may need to take one-year deals to kind of, you know, prove themselves for Bellinger, prove that last year wasn't just a, a fluky season. Hoskins to prove that he's healthy. They may need to do that, but where are the Braves going to play them? So I just don't – I don't see a player out there that would really make sense for the Braves that would be impacted to the point that they'd have to take a one-year deal. I just can't imagine – that Snell and Montgomery's markets get to the point that they have to take a one-year deal. Kevin Burns asks, a little bit of a long question here, for, so hang with me. It seems like the divisional playoff round is not a good judge for the better team since a team can get away with only having three starting pitchers. And for 162 games, teams have to have a five-man rotation. Let me just stop right there. A four-five-game series in, in October is never going to be 
a better indicator of who is a better team than 162. It's just not. We talked about this on Wednesday's podcast. It's just a way we as sports fans have been, you know, ingrained with this postseason means everything mentality. 162 is a much better indicator of who is the better all-around team. That's not a question. Could you imagine the NBA being a three, you know, three versus three series for the playoffs? Could MLB go to a longer divisional round or maybe add two playoffs teams to each league and have the division winners and top wild card host all five games of a five-game series against the lower seeds? So I don't want to add any more teams to the playoffs, but making the NLDS a seven-game series should be a no-brainer. Like that should be just done now. There shouldn't need to be any voting or any negotiating between the league and the players. That should be a no-brainer. The NLDS needs to be a seven-game series. And they need to shorten that gap between the end of the season and when that series starts. Take it back to four off days. Make it a little bit harder on those wild card teams so where they don't have their ace coming back for game two. It's, it's not that much of a detriment to wild card teams in my mind. But taking the NLDS to a seven-game series, that should be a no-brainer and should be done right now. David Dossier says... Can we ever see high schoolers, college players, international players all get drafted to a minor league system to teams that are not affiliated with a major league team and then get drafted from there to spend the upper level with AAA in the show with like a, a 60-man CBA roster? Full disclosure, I don't know that I'm completely understanding your question here, David, but I don't really see the benefit in that. I think the system in place now works great you know, with rookie-level ball, you know, the two single-A teams, double-A, triple-A, I think all that works great. My only issue, like I talked about on Monday's podcast, I don't like the international process. I wish there was a draft for those players. But as far as the minor league system now, they just, you know, cut a bunch of teams that I hate it for those teams. I worked for one of those teams and loved it. They're not, they weren't necessary. You didn't have that many players that you needed that many teams, in my opinion. But I think the minor league system is fine the way that it is. Now we're starting to see those guys get paid a little bit better as well. My only thing is we need to see an international draft. Brad Horn says, with St. Louis signing Matt Carpenter, does this alleviate the money the Braves were committed to paying him? That would be nice to add $4 million back to the Braves' wallet. So the Cardinals are assuming $740,000 of the deal. Braves are now only paying $3.26 million instead of $4 million. So they're not assuming all that money. They're only assuming $740K of the deal. And then with the Padres chipping in, $1.5 million, the Braves essentially got, you know, paid $3.26 million to get Raker at this point. I think the Braves have to take the full CBT hit of $5.5 million for Carpenter. I'm not positive on that, but that's what Fangraphs is showing right now on its roster resource. But the Braves do get a little bit more help on the Matt Carpenter contract in that deal. Leland Hurt, a couple of questions. Hey, Jake, what are your impressions of the Hater deal with the Astros? I think it was pretty fair value. Um, in case you haven't heard, Josh Hader signed a five-year, $95 million contract with the Astros, making $19 million a year. Uh, he's still one of the best closers in the game, so I think that's a very, very good deal and a fair deal for Josh Hader. A little surprised the Astros are the ones that went out and got him, but uh, I think that's a, certainly a fair fair deal. Iglesias is making $16 million a year, so that's only $3 million more for somebody who's considered one of the best, if not the best closer in the game. 
Also, Leland says, getting closer to the start of the season with pitchers or catch pitchers, catchers reporting in a month, what does our bullpen look like? On paper, it looks like the deepest bullpen in baseball, but bullpens can change in a hurry. Players can regress in the bullpen very quickly, injuries, etc. I love the depth that AA has, AA has put together, though. Uh, it's been a real focus on higher velocity arms. Obviously, it brought in a lot of lefties as well. So on paper, looks like the deepest bullpen in all of baseball with some really good arms. Hayden Harris says, one right-handed outfield bat from the free agent market for the bench. Who are you taking? I'm taking Whit Merrifield. Um, maybe you don't quite consider him an, an outfield bat, but he can play in the outfield, also play the infield, and that's one of the reasons I'm taking him. It's a veteran bat, a little bit of pop, got some speed still, can hit for average, and like I said, can play everywhere. So if I got my pick, I'm taking Whit Merrifield. Randall Grichik's up there for me, 507 slug in his career against lefties. Robbie Grossman, over a 130 WRC plus against lefties last year. And Michael Taylor's up there on my list as well, just because he can play good defense in all three outfields and hits lefties pretty well. So those are some of my top candidates, but I'd put Whit Merrifield at the top just because he can play. You know, he's so versatile. He has good speed, has a little pop in, pop in him, and can hit. He'd be my top pick right now. Carter Smith 56 says, "With um, are you and Jared Goff long lost twins? I, I honestly could not pick Jared Goff out of a lineup. I know he plays football. I know he's a football player, but I am not uh, much into the NFL, so I couldn't even tell you what he looks like. So apparently maybe we look pretty similar, but no, we are not long lost twins as far as I know. Big Dog Fan 73 says, with teams gaining a first round pick for a rookie of the year on opening day roster to prevent service time manipulation, would it be worth it to stick Waldrop or Shaver in the rotation from the start and just see what happens that we get a lot of K's and wins with this lineup? So good point and definitely worth talking about. This, this hasn't really seemed to impact the Braves at all. Um, you know, they, they had Spencer Strider up. It would have been great a couple of years ago when they had Spencer Strider up uh, to start the year. They didn't call Michael Harris up till later in that season, so he didn't qualify. But I do think, look, Yamamoto is the clear favorite in the NL Rookie of the Year. We can have a separate conversation about international players who have already been playing the majors for so long, becoming rookies. Once they come over, I think that needs to go away with. But he's the overwhelming favorite. But outside of him, I think the National League Rookie of the Year race is up for grabs. now. I don't think the Braves are going to rush him just for that reason. If he were to come into spring training and he just earns that job and he looks the part, then yeah, maybe you start him, you know, let him start the year in the rotation, hope that it sticks and hope that it works out. I don't think the Braves are going into the spring training and going into the season with that in mind. I think they're going to put the best team on the field. And if, if Waldrop, and I'm mainly focusing on Waldrop because I don't know that A.J. smith Shaver qualifies. You have to have 60 days or fewer of MLB service time. Um, and I didn't I didn't look that up uh, before we started recording. Somebody wants to let me know uh, in the comment section below. But you do have to have fewer than 60 days of MLB service time. And right now, um, A.J. smith Shaver has 50 days of service time. So I guess he is still under that and would qualify. 
So I guess for either one of those guys, if they come into road in the, into spring training and they earn the job, sure, go for it and see how it goes. You can always demote them if things just kind of fall apart. Much harder with pitchers, obviously, because you don't know how many innings they're going to get. But sure, if they come into spring training, they looked apart, why not stick them in the rotation to begin the year, see how things go? Maybe you get a pick out of it. But I don't think the Braves are going in saying, we got to force this guy into the rotation because we might get a draft pick out of it. I, I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think the Braves are going to manage things that way. Amper Sandwich says, hypothetical here, but instead of trading for sale, why not hold off until the deadline and see who's healthy and performing well? What are the advantages of making the move preseason considering they can get by with that offense without too much damage to playoff hopes? I think it's a good point, and I think AA would have been fine going into the season with what they had in the rotation. And I had kind of given up on the fact that the Braves are going to get anybody else significant this offseason. I think you just saw an opportunity in sell to get a top-notch arm and not have to pay much for him, either prospect-wise or financially. Love Varn Grissom. Talked about it all when the trade happened and went down. I'm not losing sleep over trading Von Grissom for Chris Sale, who could be, I think, still has top-of-the-rotation type of potential. So I think A just saw a move that he couldn't pass up on, a chance to get a top-notch arm, and then also, you know, just extend them to give you some more, hopefully, certainty in the rotation past 2024. I think it was just too good of a move to, to let go. And I think that's why he pulled the trigger on it. But I think had that not come together, I think he would have been fine going into the season with what they had. All right, next we'll get into a couple more questions from the comment section here. That's all from social media. Thanks so much for sending those in. I really do appreciate it. You keep coming up with great questions every week here on the podcast. So thank you so much for submitting those. Next, I'll get to some of the questions from those who are joining live. And we'll also get to a little bit of news from around the league. We'll do all that here next. The NFL postseason is here, and you can get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $150 in bonus bets Win or lose. You know, our previous promo, you had to win that bet. Now you don't have to. It's win or lose. You get 150 bucks in bonus bets. Their app is also super easy to use, and there's so many different ways to bet. They have live same-game parlays. Find bets in the new Explore tab. Make a parlay in the Parlay Hub, the best way to find popular parlays and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to make your first bet a layup. Looking at the divisional, divisional round matchups this weekend, FanDuel has the Ravens, Niners, and Lions as pretty heavy favorites, but that Bills-Chiefs game, pretty close right now. The Bills a two-and-a-half-point favorite. So make sure you visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get in on the playoff action there in the NFL. Also, make sure you visit FanDuel.com slash PlaySafe for tools and resources to help you stay in control of the way you play. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. I want to remind you once again that Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. 
All right, a little bit of news. We already talked about one one of the big news items, Josh Josh Hader signing with the Astros for five years, $95 million, $19 million a year. I think it's a really solid deal for Josh Hader and for the Astros as well. Big move there for the Astros. Hate it for all those fantasy baseball players out there who have already drafted and have uh, Ryan Presley, but Josh Hader, the new closer in Houston. I think that's a great move for both sides there. And Robert Stevenson agrees to a deal with the Angels did not see the details on this move before we started recording, but he is somebody that had a really good year in Tampa Bay, as a lot of pitchers go there and do. Uh, and I think he has a chance to be a closer there for the Angels. He was a sneaky kind of signing. I hope the Braves were going to make this offseason, but I think his market probably, we'll see what the deal is going to be. I think his market probably got too big after the year that he had. A really sneaky good year last season for Robert Stevenson, but he signs with the Angels and our guy Wash over there uh, rooting for those Angels. I've always loved the Angels because why wouldn't you want to watch Simba while he was there, Mike Trout while he's been there, Shohei Otani. So I've always been a big fan of the Angels, even more so now with Wash. So certainly hoping that that helps them out. <laughs> but as Chris Hester says, Angels gonna Angel. Uh, we'll see. Hopefully that deal works out better than some of their others in the past. All right, looking at a couple of the questions. I have here, uh, Chris Hester says, the sting of last year's postseason should be motivation enough. I agree with that. That's really nothing should have to be said to this team. Last two years of postseason frustration should be motivation enough for these guys. Ronald Stevens asks, hey, Jake, have you ever attended Braves Fest before? My family and I are, uh, will be going for the first time next week. So I have not attended a Braves fan. I honestly miss the days of the caravan where they used to drive around to different times, do an autograph session and all of that. Definitely need to make it to a Braves Fest one day, waiting for my kids to get a little bit older, uh, but definitely want to make those. People who I know that have gone said that they absolutely love it. In fact, uh, the church I grew up going to, their, their youth group is going to Braves Fest this year. So uh, I've heard it's a lot of fun. Definitely want to take my kids son, uh, one day when they're a little bit older. Doc's card says, does Andrew crack 75% this year? no. Unfortunately, when you're looking at the polling and the ballots that are submitted, you really got to take off probably 5% from what you're seeing there to what it actually turns out being. It seems like when the actual numbers come out, they're typically a little bit lower than what you're seeing beforehand. So I don't think Andrew gets in this year, unfortunately. Arginus uh, says, Jake, one championship in this decade, uh, Jared Goff, zero. We've got the best of the two here, and he's also killing it at podcast. Thank you so much for that. And then Clint Lewis says, go Braves from Colorado. Uh, are you going to miss Von Grissom or is Sell just a good, um, or is Sell good enough? Who, who needs him? Um, I, as I just said a minute ago, I like Von Grissom. I think he's going to be a good player. See Philip Nichols saying, I hated Von leaving, but we have nowhere to put him. And I, I mean, that's just kind of where I am. I love Von Grissom. And I've made a case on here many times saying, don't just give this kid away because he's great depth. He can jump in if somebody gets hurt. He, you know, can play everywhere. If you're going to, you know, hopefully open him up to the outfield. I think he could have had some versatility. I thought he had good value on this team, but I was not against trading him. If you were going to get, you know, a really good pitcher with control. And ultimately that's what they got in Chris Sill. They got somebody who, again, I believe has top of the rotation potential still, and they have a little bit of control over him with at least two years of control after the contract extension. So 
Yeah, I, I'm with Philip. I hated losing Von Grissom, but I think it was the right move for both sides to get Von a chance to play every day, which wasn't going to happen here, and get the Braves another really good starter in the rotation that they needed. As Chris Hester says, Sale will crush it as a Brave, giving up Vaughn was worth it. I agree. I'm really high on Chris Sale and what he can do in a Braves uniform. All right, thank you so much for joining me here at Locked On Braves. Thanks so much for all the questions that you submitted, hanging around here till the end. Over 130 people here with me live. Thank you so much on a Friday night. I really do appreciate it. Thank you so much for the support here at Locked On Braves. That will do it for this episode. Make sure you subscribe on YouTube. If you're new, hit that thumbs up button. If you haven't already, make sure that you rate, review, and subscribe to the Lockdown Braves podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe or follow us on social media at shortstopball at lockdown underscore Braves, and we will talk to you next week. Hey, this is Stacey Gotsoulias, DC Lundberg, Ryan Finkelstein, Taylor Blake Ward, host of Locked On Yankees, Locked On Mariners, Locked On Mets, Locked On Angels, and you're listening to Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.